Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons from Sports and Beyond with me, Simon Mundy, where I seek to explore life's bigger questions. Hello. So, as you'll likely be aware, Wimbledon is here and I'm lucky enough to be working at the Championships. And someone I often see around at SW19 is... Tim Henman, who's someone I really love watching play in the late 90s through to the early 2000s and who I've had the pleasure of interviewing on several occasions over the years. Now, Tim used to get some flack and sometimes still does for not winning Wimbledon. He was four times a semi-finalist, but many people seem to think that that was a failure of sorts. And I remember watching one interview with a championship footballer in which he said he didn't want to be seen as a classic British loser like Tim Henman, seemingly overlooking the fact that Tim was ranked as high as number four in the world, while this particular footballer wasn't even the fourth best player at his club, which was in England's second division. So it was kind of ridiculous. And so I think Tim is a really great person to explore what success actually means. Now, many people tend to think in binary terms, so in terms of winning and losing, but actually, isn't success more about fulfilling your potential? And Tim definitely did that. There wasn't much expected of Tim Henman when he was a junior player, yet there's no question he took British tennis to new heights, laying the groundwork for Andy Murray to go on and reach the Wimbledon promised land. So, here is Tim Henman challenging the pervasive and narrow definitions of what success really means. I think at that time, and, and this, is, this is, I think, an interesting uh, part of my journey. I think at the age of 18, 19, when I'd come out of the junior game, I was starting to play the bottom rung of, of um, professional tennis. It was satellites back in the day. Um, 
you know, if you'd have said to me at that stage, right here, if you sign on the dotted line for the next 10 years, you're going to be ranked from, you know, 75 to 100 in the world. You'll play in the four Grand Slams. Um, you'll compete on the main tour for the next decade. You know, I would have bitten both arms off and, and, um, and, and signed immediately. And, you know, then as my game developed and all of a sudden at the end of 95, I think it was, you know, I broke into the top 100. So I was 21 at that time finished the year 99 then you think you know wow things are really progressing and you know what's the next goal is it top 75 top 50 and then you know as that year progressed I had even better results I think I finished 29 in the world I'm slightly guessing and then all of a sudden you know you've broken into the top 50 and you know you're, you're close to the top 30 and and then you think well could I get to the top 20 and and you do you 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 continue to raise the bar you you want to um you know try and get higher and higher but you you don't know where you're going to get to and and so that's where certainly I'm able to look back at this whole journey from the age of well you could say from the age of three to 33 but when when I left school at 16 to 33 and and then look back at, at all the things that I was able to achieve um you know that that's that's how you quantify success you know success is about maximizing your potential and and uh you know i looked back and was able to reach four in the world and six slam semis i won 11 times on the tour and, and won olympic silver you know that's that's as good as i was i was meant to be so you know there i think i think there are times because the country that i i live in with wimbledon being that event um you know suddenly you're you're judged whether you win or win that tournament or not. And, and, you know, having been in the semis four times, um, you know, people sometimes would say, well, he didn't win Wimbledon, so he wasn't a success. But I'm not, not sure I'd agree with that. Typical understatement, Tim. Not sure you'd agree with that. I mean, it's absolutely nonsense. And like you say, people develop at different ages and it's about getting the most out of yourself. And there's no question that you did that. But narratives do just run away with themselves. And... I remember when you burst onto the scene at around that time, Britons at Wimbledon were typically going out in the second round, third round, maybe fourth, very occasionally with someone like Jeremy Bates. But before you came on the scene in British tennis, the level of expectation was on the floor and people forget that. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's a fair comment. And, and but again, everybody's journey is different. So why is why is Jeremy Bates relevant to me? Um, you know, I, I think then when, when you go back to sort of talking about uh, it's slightly philosophical about success, it's very easy in sport to, to sort of quantify success by winning and losing. And, you know, tennis is an interesting sport because you, irrespective of how good you are, if you're number one in the world, you still lose a lot. There's still only one winner, you know, in, in the Grand Slams, you know, the men's and women's there are 254 losers. There's only two winners. And, and, and so when you then take that question to another sport, you know, so how do you quantify success in football? How do you quantify success in cricket? You know, there's no world ranking, you know, is it representing your country and, you know, or is it winning the world cup? Um, and, and likewise, if you go into other 
if you go into other professions and you say, well, if you were the fourth best lawyer in the world or you were the fourth, fourth best banker in the world, you'd be doing all right. But, um, you know, in sport, I think it's, it's, it's way too easy just to, to, to look at it as, um, as defined by winning and losing. Totally agree. And like you say, you can't even compare yourself to Jeremy. Everyone's on their own journey. So really, it's about making the most of yourself for yourself. In lots of sports, you hear people talking about overachieving. Well, overachieving is not, not possible because that's to do with your potential. You know, if your potential is 100% and you give 100%, then you'll be successful. You can't say, well, give 110%. It's not possible. So therefore, you know, in my mind, you can't, you can't overachieve, but you can certainly underachieve. I find that interesting around where sort of people set goals. So if you had to set yourself a goal, let's say as a 15 or 16 year old saying that you wanted to be in the top 100, to some degree, you'd have potentially been limiting yourself. So really, it's about exploring what your potential is. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's about exploring that. I, th I think that the, the, the top 100 narrative is about playing the main tour. You know, if you're top 100, you're going to be getting into the Grand Slams you're going to be playing in the biggest and best tournaments. And that's why, you know, that gets thrown out there. And it's, it's, a, good, it's a good benchmark. Um, but certainly you wouldn't want to say, well, if I get to the top 100, then that's, that's it. Um, and, and as I said earlier on in this conversation, you always want to be trying to raise the bar higher, you know, think about different areas where you can improve your game. And, and um, you know, so... So when you are 16, 17, it's, you know, it's, it's easier to quantify sort of if you're a 100 meter sprinter. You know, if you're running 100 meters in 14 seconds and you're saying, well, you know, I've got to run it in 10, that's, that's a long way off. You know, if you're 16, 17, just left school and you're losing in the early rounds of junior ITF tournaments, you're talking about being a, the top 100 player, tennis player in the world. It's a long way off. So Again, the sort of perspective, I played Orange Bowl once in my last year of, of juniors when I was, so when I was 17, turning 18, and I lost, it was played on green clay in Miami, and I lost 6-1, 6-2 first round. And likewise, you know, in 1992, I played the junior event at Wimbledon for the first time, and I lost, ironically, 6-2, 6-1 first round. So in 1992, I went from, you know, I, I went from winning three games in the first round of the junior event to four years later, beating the French Open champion um, in the main event, getting to the quarterfinals. And that, again, emphasises how everybody's journey is different. Thank you for listening to this episode with Tim Henman. I hope it got you thinking and that you enjoyed it. If you did and could share it, I would be very grateful. Also, do get in touch with any thoughts via my website, simonmundy.com. And until next time, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.